here's where you have to know how to drop your golf ball. Sure speeds up play when you have those drop areas. Fowler has dropped the ball twice. The Shambo is going to get a free drop. Something bad has happened if we end up here. This is the drop zone. All right, folks. You are all guests on a podcast. I know you don't think you are right now, but you are guests. This is the Drop Zone podcast. We're calling it Drop Zone After Dark. Peyton Manning was on this show earlier this week, and we are only going up from there. He's Dylan, I'm Sean. This podcast is sponsored by the good people at Radmore. They hooked us up with clothing. They sponsored this podcast. It's really good stuff, and we got some that you can buy in the corner there. Sean, you look great in your new Drop Zone gear, I would add. Thank you. Uh, Dylan and I have been on the grounds now for two days this week, and the best part about Tuesday at the Masters is that it is press conference Tuesday. We saw something we didn't think we were going to see all year long. We saw Tiger Woods in a press conference. What did Tiger tell us today that we didn't know yesterday? What did, he, what did we learn from Tiger today? I mean, there was one big thing, right? Tiger, the last time we heard from him, was taking a wait-and-see approach to this tournament. As of today, he is officially playing the Masters. He said he expects to play. I mean, we basically knew that he would, but we hadn't heard him say it himself. And as of whatever it was, 11, 12 a.m. today, Tiger Woods is playing the Masters, which a month ago was unthinkable, I would say, for lack of a better word. Uh, so that was the biggest thing he told us. What else did he tell us? I just appreciated how he told us, right? Tiger was asked, do you think you can win? And he said something that people say across the aisle at a ceremony. He said, I do. I think that I can win. I, I plan on winning. Or I plan on contending to win. I don't believe him. <laughs> Tiger Woods has done un unthinkable things. He's made the weird things possible his entire career. I okay, so wait, let me ask you. He's trying to trick himself into believing what he can always do. Which do you is not believe that he can win, or do you not believe that he believes he can win? Tiger believes he can win because he has more like, unvarnished and unfounded confidence than anyone maybe in the history of sports. I don't think he can win because he hasn't hit a competitive shot on the PGA Tour in a long, long time, like 16 months or so, maybe 18 months. The last time we saw him playing golf, what was he doing? He was, he was worried about finishing last at the Genesis Invitational, like finishing off that 10 at the Masters in 2020. Like, Tiger Woods was not playing great golf before the accident. I hope like hell that Tiger can summon something he's always summoned here. I just don't quite believe in it. I would argue the last time we saw Tiger Woods, he was grinding like hell, coming down the stretch at the Fall Masters. But I do think that what makes this week particularly special is that we haven't seen Tiger Woods play in front of a Tiger Woods crowd in more than two years, since before the pandemic, since Genesis in February 2020. Um, and the fact that in that two years, despite the car crash, despite everything, he has not ceded a single hole to father time or to injuries. He's still saying, look, the only reason I'm showing up to a golf tournament is because I think I'm gonna win. And him planting that flag today felt pretty significant. I just think that because you have deliriously believed in him in the past, and we all have. <laughs> yeah, and it paid it, off. It, <laughs> it paid off to deliriously believe in him in the past. Rory said it. He said, I'm, I'm done doubting this guy. I'm done being surprised by this guy. 
And I feel like we all have to be there until proven, proven otherwise. Can you at least put the excitement aside and set some real expectations for this guy? Like, I think he can make the cut. I think he can finish in the middle of the pack. For Tiger Woods to finish in the top 20 would be an incredible feat, but what are your realistic expectations? I honestly, honestly think that he's gonna finish in the top 20. I agree with you, him making the cut is, in and of itself, a success. But I just think he's gonna play, I mean, from what everyone says, his golf game is not an issue. Even he says, look, I'm not worried about my golf game, I'm worried about walking the course, that's it. He can walk the golf course. Like, he can make it through four days of walking the golf course. If his biggest concern is that, I think he's gonna play well. Tiger's biggest concern, when he was laying on his hospital bed, what will it look like for my feel? What will my hands look like when I'm back on the PGA Tour? Will I have that? Or did I lose my hands, my touch, when I lost control of that car? I think the fact that he's here tells you he has that touch. The fact that everyone has seen him on the range this week, fawning over the shots he's sitting. We there fawn over him fawning, yeah. more than anybody else on the PGA Tour, but the fact that it looks really good right now means you have to believe in it. Dylan, we need to move on from Tiger Woods though. I want to break, I want, <laughs> I want to take us through a bunch of different contenders essentially and, and really get your thoughts on whether you'd be surprised if they end up holding the Masters Trophy at the end of the week. And I want to start for you with a guy who you interviewed, who you got on the cover of Golf Magazine this month, a guy who has not been in form, and that's Tony Finau. And Sean, I, I feel like for Tony Finau, this tournament, I mean, mean, it means a lot to everyone, but for Tony Finau, it probably means more than most people. This is what got him into golf, was watching Tiger Woods 25 years ago this week winning this event. Here he is all this time later. I mean, we thought that a win at the end of last season was going to catapult him, was going to jumpstart him. He was just going to start reeling them off. That has not been the case. Do you, are you optimistic, pessimistic, in between about Tony Finau this week? <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty pessimistic because you know oh. that I am an evidence guy. And the evidence is stacking up that Tony Finau has not played to a master's winning level. I think in years past, he would be a viable favorite. He's been a fan favorite. He's been a betting favorite. But this year, it's not adding up with his putter. He's been one of the worst putters on the PGA Tour. And you don't like to see it of the guy, but it is what it is. He has also not been a good driver of the golf ball. He doesn't hit it as far as he has in recent years. Now, I talked to him in Phoenix a couple weeks ago, and I said, Tony, what's up with the driver? Like, you're not hitting it that straight, and you also have lost a bit of distance. He's like, you know, that's just a sample size thing. You know, you, you can't quite pay attention to all those statistics. But at some point, all the statistics are lining up against him. I, I'm not that pessimistic, or I'm not that optimistic that he can get it done. Uh, what's interesting, though, is that he holds optimism himself. And I think that that's a thing that PGA Tour players convince themselves to do. Like, even if my game isn't there, the stats don't tell me I'm playing that well. The media isn't telling me that I'm playing that well. He does have confidence. He, he thinks it's a statistical anomaly how he's playing right now. He thinks that he doesn't always contend in March, but he, he's contended in April. So, 
I'm definitely on the pessimistic side of the fence. Well, and look, if you are pessimistic on Tony Finau, it's because you're looking at the numbers, right? He's been good off the tee. He's been, he's been really good with his irons, but around the green, he's been a mess. He's 169th on the PGA Tour uh, in strokes gained around the greens, 196th in putting. Not There's good. not that many more than 196 players on the PGA <laughs> Tour. Yeah. So if you're thinking with your head, then it, that's definitely where you're going with Tony Finau. But if you're looking at Tony Finau and, and the magic of the Masters and how much he uh, seems to respond to this place. He is one of the lowest scoring averages at Augusta in the last handful of years. He's definitely played well. I mean, you, you just talked to him about uh, breaking his ankle and still contending at the Masters that year. There is some sort of X factor here where I guess if Tony Finau ends up on the first page of that leaderboard, I don't think either of us would be shocked. And that is why Dylan DeChair is the resident optimist for the drop zone. I am the resident pessimist. That's how it's going to be for probably most of this. Let's move on to Brooks Kepka. Brooks Kepka did not give a press conference this week. I'm glad we're leading with Brooks Kepka <laughs> because nobody else is somehow. The best players in the world get press conferences during Masters Week. A lot of them gave press conferences today. Brooks Kepka gave a quick quote session yesterday, which means we're not thinking about Brooks Kepka. I think he's the, easily the most confusing player in this field to rate right now. He's had some really good form to begin this season. He's had some, honestly, some really bad form. Is his four majors, are they relevant? 100%. Are his three missed cuts relevant? 100%. Is the fact that he gets annoyed when he doesn't get pre-tournament press conferences yes. relevant? I think so. I, th like, I would expect him to hang around, but if he misses the cut or if he wins, I cannot tell. I can't tell the difference with Brooks. It's the chip on his shoulder though, right? Like who else would keep track of whether they're getting invited into the interview room? Alexander Shoffley today, he, he had a press conference scheduled. He canceled it. He was kind of over the distraction, the rain delay. Brooks Kepka is well aware that he did not get invited uh, to be in that press room beforehand. Uh, I mean, also, we're just, if we're ignoring Brooks Kepka, we're ignoring a mountain of evidence that this guy actually is the one person who ups his game for majors. Maybe not the one person, but certainly the guy that does it the most. All right, according to Justin Ray, golf stats guru, since 2016, Brooks Kepka in majors leads the world in score relative to par, scoring average, birdies, rounds in the 60s, rounds led, strokes gained total, and of course, victories. So there's a lot of kind of major evidence there that when Brooks Kepka is you know, in the top five heading to the weekend, we're gonna feel like idiots for kind of writing him off. So yeah. I'm, I'm so, unwilling to do that. Don't come after us when Brooks Kepka wins. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Colin Morikawa is very, very oddly under the radar right now. He is one of the five best players on the planet. He is the second coming of Tiger Woods when it comes to his iron play. And I think he has three things going for him. One of those being what I just said. The best irons player with a pulse right now in the world. He's won two majors, which means on Sunday he's not gonna freak out. And I think distinctly, the only place that he's played well this year is at Riviera. And if you do a little research on your computer here, 
If you play well at Riviera, that means you can play well at Augusta National. There is a long list of players who have won at Riviera and then won at Augusta the next like month, two months later. He played really well at Riv. He put on an absolute irons display. That says something to me. Like I, I, I would be shocked if he doesn't contend because the irons You'd are so good. Shocked if I'd he be shocked contend. if he doesn't contend. I know the putter's a little bit questionable, but he's been putting well lately. I think Morikawa, he's in the top five this week. To me, this feels like a legacy week for Colin Morikawa. I a mean, legacy week. He's got two majors, right? He is the best irons player still, we think, in the world. Uh, and he's playing at a place where irons play is rewarded. He's playing in a place where Tiger Woods is still playing. Like, there's, a, there's kind of a natural potential mm. handing of the yeah, torch the baton. going on here. With that said, we've thought that about other guys through the years. Colin Morikawa is the latest guy who is the next Tiger Woods, right? And Colin Morikawa, we think of him as young and on the rise, and that's all good, and hopefully he is. But Jordan Spieth and Rory McIlroy were Colin Morikawa's age when they stopped winning majors. The thing about, I mean, it's like, it's like Andy says in the office, like it, the, the thing about the, whatever he says, the thing about the good times is that you don't you realize don't, that they're yeah, the good times. Until, you, until they're already passed. And I hope that that's not the case with Colin Morikawa, but it's just that we don't know if we're seeing his peak right now because we don't know what's going to happen this week. If he ends this week with a green jacket, I mean. The good times roll. The good times absolutely roll. But if there's another world where he doesn't play well, where he misses the cut, where his chipping holds him back, you know, there's going to be, uh, I guess, question marks that It's exist. okay. He contends this week. Yeah. All Let's right. move that on. That makes me feel better. Rory McIlroy is my favorite subject on the PGA Tour. <laughs> now, people who listen to our podcast religiously will normally be like, Sean, why do you hate Rory? And that's completely unfounded. Because Has Rory I love, ever asked you that? No, Rory's never asked me that. I love Rory. And what I love about Rory this week is his tea time. All right. Rory McIlroy is teeing off at 2 p.m. on Thursday. He will be, I think, the last player in the last group to hit a tee shot. He might be the last player on the course at this Masters on Thursday. And I love that because he will know when he stands over that ball on a scary tee shot for him, what he has to shoot that day to stay in it. And I think in years past, he's got a lot of things swirling his mind. There's a lot of confusion for him at the Masters. He's gonna know, okay, it needs to be 68 today, or it needs to be 71 and hold on today. I think that helps him. He's playing with Brooks, a guy who maybe intimidates him a little bit. Right, that could be good. It's, his, it's <laughs> kind of his foil there. Could be bad. I just like the tee time for Rory, and I like that he's flying under the radar. I mean, what I like is what was just happening outside, which is that it was pouring. And uh, we know Rory likes it when it's soft. Um, and weirdly, I like that he missed the cut last week. He went home. He, I mean, this is, this is truly a positive spin zone. But Rory went home. He tried to dial in his distance control with his irons. Uh, this is what Brad Faxon was saying. Rory went to Grove 23. He was trying to dial it in. He was feeling good. He's optimistic. I mean, look, that's going to be the key for him, right? Obviously, making putts is always the key. But if, if he has control of his irons, he's going to drive it well. I think he'll be there at the end. I think we need to not think about Rory from right now until, like, Friday afternoon. The best two As long things, as we don't think about Rory, 
he might be fine. The best two things that are happening to Rory right now are the rain and Tiger Woods being in the picture because all those Grand Slam questions facing Rory, you know, they're, they're very muted. He <laughs> talked today about the fact that people are leaving his group to go watch Tiger. You know, it's, it's just, it's like a reverse As they should. situation. As they should. Jordan Spieth, Sean, wildly confident today in his press conference. Uh, he said he expects to contend. He noted Brooks Kepka style that he's not one of the favorites. Uh, he says he feels better than this time last year, even though the statistics do not <laughs> reflect it. And it's Jordan Spieth at Augusta National. I mean, it's one of those things. It's, like, it's almost like Tiger at Bay Hill, dialed back about 50%. Um, he always plays well. Do you think he will? No. <laughs> no. What have you seen from Jordan Spieth lately? It's been these viral social clips of Spieth going, like, three-putting from three feet, or Spieth working on that weird, like, takeaway move. This is kind of stuff that gives me the heebie-jeebies a little bit. I don't like having the heebie-jeebies about a player before the Masters. Spieth, of course, has amazing history. Here he damn near won last year. He's damn near won three different times, but he's only won once, and he's in a really weird spot, and the numbers don't back him. He has one good finish this year. It was at Pebble, a soft course at that point in the year. I'm out on speed. Let me ask you this. There, there's a few people that are going off the exact same odds. Brooks Kepka, Colin Morikawa, and Jordan Spieth. Of those three guys, who sticks out to you? Spieth. He should not be at the same odds as them. Okay. Simple as that. <laughs> Let's move on. John Rahm. If John Rahm doesn't win a Masters, I will pay you $1,000. Can I get like We have a, cameras here to prove it. In, in the he next, is what, 15 so, years? So, Can I get an end so, date on that? so built for this. He... he <laughs> He has finished fourth in 2018, T9 in 2019, T7 in 2020, T5. He has literally only gotten better, learned this place more. He is the kind of player who you give him four rounds, he's moving up the leaderboard. He could shoot 76 in the first round and still finish in the top 10. Like, he, yeah. he, there's a reason he gets nicknamed the buoy. He doesn't go away, you cannot sink him. He's the best player in the world. If, I won't let you tell me otherwise. If golf tournaments were eight rounds, it does feel like John Rahm is still winning an awful lot of golf tournaments. With that said, we, we haven't really seen the John Rahm form. It feels like if there's going to be an off year at the Masters, this is it. And I think that that's the direction that I would lean. If there's someone that I'm fading this week relative to expectations, it's John Rahm. All right. I like John Rahm. He doesn't. Justin got- Thomas, Sean, is one of the trendiest picks we had Mr. Colt Nost on our podcast. He said Justin Thomas was going to win. We had Mr. Peyton Manning on our podcast. He said Justin Thomas Mr. was going to win. Mr. Kyle Porter from CBS. Mr. Kyle Porter from CBS is here. He said <laughs> Justin Thomas is probably going to win. I think it's because we've started to see JT hit a lot of nice draws off the tee. People are thinking about the Players' Championship last year. He feels like the type of guy that should have a Masters title to his name. But it's not usually that simple, right? He has not played majors well. Uh, today he was asked about that by, uh, by Daniel Rapport asking in the, his press conference, like, do you feel like you've underperformed in majors? And it was almost like a cathartic experience. JT, it seemed like he wanted to be asked that because he <laughs> talked for a long time about, you know, he is well aware. He said 
he was almost willing to like downplay his major because he said even that year he didn't play well in major championships. He has not putted well at Augusta. Um, the evidence is there that he has all the skills to play well at Augusta, but the, the evidence right, is not right, there right, that he right, has. Right, 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 right. You can stop with all that pessimistic talk because what JT has is something that no one else here has. He has Tiger Woods in his ear. He's got Jim Bones Mackay in his ear. He's playing a practice round with Fred Couples yesterday. He's playing a practice round with Tiger Woods yesterday. He's done that the last two years, he's, too. He's chipping on the short game area next to Tiger Woods. His team is inclusive of the best minds that Augusta National honestly holds. That is going to pay off for, frankly, maybe the best player of his generation. It's going to pay off. He also played good at, at Riviera. He also played really well at TPC Sawgrass. Two courses that force you to work the ball both ways. This course forces you to hit certain shots, work the ball both ways. Bullish on JT, I'm joining a long list of people. Who I love his sense. short game, I will say that. All right, Bryson? Bryson. What do you got to say about Bryson? He says he's at 80%. I That's mean, not good. 80% is not, I mean, you got a lot of guys that are here at, at, at close to 100%. Yes. He missed the cut last week in Texas, but not in a, uh, <laughs> I mean, not to, not to differentiate missed cuts, but he was not close to making the cut. He looked lost. Uh, at the match play, he looked lost. He says he's trying to recapture 2018, uh, which is now dialing it back past a whole bunch of Bryson reconstructions. Bryson is not giving us any reasons to be optimistic, except, honestly, his growth as a person seems great. It seems like he's had some time off to reflect. He seems like he's in a really good frame of mind. I just don't think that that necessarily translates to anything on the golf course for him. If Bryson DeChambeau was going to win a Masters, it was going to happen in 2020 or 2021, when he was playing the best golf of his life, or particularly in 2020, when the course was soft, the wind was down. This week, the course is now not going to get a whole lot of rain the rest of the week, and it's going to be breezy. It's going to be chilly on Saturday. This is not going to set up well for Bryson DeChambeau. At his peak, he couldn't win at Augusta. At lower than his peak, 80% of his peak, he won't win as well. So, Victor Hovland, Sean. I mean, we got We're just kind of buzzing through a few more of the favorites here. Uh, he has not shown that he has what Tiger Woods would refer to as the hands that you need to contend at Augusta. But he hits the ball so damn good. Do you think he can contend? No. He's still too young, I think. I think you need to have three or four masters under your belt to understand the places that you like desperately need to hit. That's one thing. That comes in like two years. And the places you desperately need to avoid. Left of two. You know, obviously left of 11. 11's playing different this year. Missing anything on 13. Long on 13. Short on 13. Like, I think it, it takes years to get that archival knowledge. And what did he say he sucks at? Chipping, Sean. He sucks at chipping. <laughs> yeah. That's what he said. And the His numbers exact reflect words. it. He's good the at numbers everything. numbers reflect it. He is not good at chipping. What do you have to do to win here? Honestly, you need a pretty well-rounded week. You need to putt well. Uh, I mean, if you Data Golf has some great databases on the subject. If you look at past leaderboards, guys are generally going to be up there in most categories. You can overcome some things. Driving accuracy, you can definitely overcome. Around the greens, the guys that contend are usually pretty good. So Hovland is going to, if he's going to contend, it's going to take a transcendent ball striking week. And he can, I, he can almost 
I can see him having like a two-shot 36-hole lead yeah. and then losing by like six. If it gets crispy, yeah. he's not necessarily a guy that's going to favor. He's a resort golfer. He is a resort golfer. And I'll tell you one thing. This is not a resort. Xander Shoffley. How many majors are you going to predict that he wins? I mean, I, I don't you know what I'm You pick him for right every now. single major. I think he, I just feel like Xander Shoffley is the best golfer. <laughs> He's not. <laughs> He's not. I am once again convinced that Xander Shoffley is going to win the Masters. He's going off at what, 25 to 1 maybe, double the odds of John Rahm. You just, Xander Shoffley plays well every single major. He, he could have won this tournament last year if it wasn't for a certain mysterious 8-iron we still have not gotten to the bottom of. He's Baby Brooks Kepka. He's built for the majors. He's built for Augusta. He's a big game hunter. He's good at everything across the board. Like we were just talking about, Victor Hovland has one clear hole in his game. Xander Shoffley does not. He's rock solid. Yes. At some okay. point, I will be right if I keep going. Sure. Yep. Hold on. Hold on to Xander's stock while it keeps going down and down and down, and then go back oh. up, and you'll you'll reap the benefits. Xander has been so good that he can play his way into the two or three holes that matter at a major. The 13th, 14th, and 15th on the back nine Sunday. Maybe the 16th, 17th, and 18th. He has played his way into the holes that matter. And every single time, he's shriveled up. He's, he's come back into his turtle shell. It happened at Wingfoot. It happened here in 2019. It happened here in 2021. It almost happened in Tokyo at the, at, at the Olympics. It happened in Carnoustie. Like, it's one of those things that we won't believe you can do it until you do it. And this week, he hasn't shown the form yes. that he can do All right, it. But Sean, what has LeBron James taught us? Contending to win is not a sign that you can't win. It's a sign that eventually you are going I can't to win. You invoked LeBron I'm turning James. Turning LeBron on you. Hideki Matsuyama, our defending champion is hurt. He's hurt, Sean. If, if this was not the Masters, I'm not even sure he would be playing. It, it makes me sad. I mean, he was such an awesome champion. Last year was such an incredible story. I do feel really bad for the people who have Hideki Futures bets. Because they won, didn't know. Because they didn't know. And yeah. in January, he won. And in December, November, he won. Great time to place a Hideki Futures bet. That's why you don't bet on the Masters until Masters week. Don't do it. Yeah. It's not worth your money. Uh, so are you, are you, have you lost hope for Hideki this week just based on, I mean, he withdrew last week. He's got a stiff neck. Yeah. Uh, I, there's a quote here. I haven't really been able to hit a full shot, 100% full shot in a long time. I mean, is, is there a miracle in waiting here? I'm questioning why he's even playing because What's tricky about the Masters is it's the easiest cut to make of all the majors. In that theory, if you follow that path, it's the easiest major to win of all the majors. It might be at one of the toughest courses, but it can be the easiest major to win based off of what it takes out of you to win. And so it convinces players into thinking, if I'm hurt, look, it's still a decent opportunity for a victory. Tigers played here hurt. Daniel Berger's played here hurt. 
Phil Mickelson's played here when he doesn't stood a chance. Brooks Kepka is saying, Brooks you know, Kepka. he shouldn't have played last year and, and he did. So, he missed so the cut. players get confused at like, look, I'm losing an opportunity at another major. And it's great to go back to places where you've won because you want to win again there and you want to defend and you want to have all the trappings of being a defending champion. But you have a PGA championship in a month, a US Open at a really hard golf course a month after that, and then you go to St. Andrews. And then, like, time moves quickly when you're hurt because it's like, oh crap, I'm not going to get ready for that one. I'm not going to get ready for the next one. He risks the rest of his season when he forces himself to play through injury here. And I just, I'm just thinking it's a little misguided. By That's my all. count, Sean, we've got four more guys to buzz through. First, maybe the trendiest pick of the week, Cameron Smith. Um, I mean, he won the Players' Championship. Yeah. Only Tiger Woods has won the Players and the Masters. Will that list now be Tiger Woods and Cameron Smith after this year? No. <laughs> no, it's, a, it's one of those tricky things with the players where it is, it is such a... Uh, it's, a, it's such a referendum on your ability to play amazing golf to win the Players' Championship. It might be as much of a referendum as winning at the golf course here. You have to hit the ball both ways, you have to be able to hit it straight, and you have to be able to putt well. And you have to play cut, clutch golf, 16, 17, and 18 at TPC Sawgrass. We'll find out what kind of golfer you are. Yeah. He looked like a damn good golfer at that golf course a couple weeks ago. He is a And so what it does golfer. is it He's tells you at this point in the season, it tells you I'm a damn good golfer in middle of March. But what it doesn't guarantee is that you're going to be a damn good golfer in the first week of April. Cam Smith hasn't played since the Masters. I think a lot of players, if they are being smart, will play the Masters or play the players, win the players, and they're not going to take a break. They're not going to hang out with their family. Stay and hot. I, I know that things are weird right now. You, you want to spend as much family time as you can, but stay as hot as you can. Cam Smith went to the cashier. He took time off. He said, I've got a bunch of black chips in my pocket. Here's a $3 million could check. I, could I get something back? Put it that? in my bank account. Now he's buying back in. Is it at the right time? It's, it's just like you can be hot three Which, weeks ago yeah. and completely lose it. I mean, look, I, I don't think he's a bad... I don't, I don't think he's going to play poorly. I just think that somehow Cameron Smith has become the third favorite this week behind John Rahm, Justin Thomas. Then it's Cameron Smith. Yeah, that, that and you know what? You have no choice but to believe in it. I guess. You have to believe in it. When has he played bad golf this year? Well, and, and when has he played bad golf at the Masters? He's, yeah. he's a horse for a course for sure. The only person hotter than Cameron Smith, Sean, is Scotty Scheffler. The world number one. It still feels surreal that he holds that title, right? I mean, in our mind, we no. kind of John Rahm is institutionally the uh, kind of incumbent. Scotty Scheffler is now the world number one. I mean, look, we saw his press conference today. It was sparsely attended. Uh, I'm sure he took note of that. Is he going to win this week? Is he going to make it, whatever it is, four wins in seven starts? What I don't want you to do is be surprised that he's contending and and then or be not surprised that he contends and then be super surprised that he wins I'm that's what we've done on repeat yeah we have been not surprised that he injects himself into contention and then we've been like holy cow he won like that is the wrong play tell, on this i gotta be honest though i'm gonna be surprised if he contends why i can't help it do you know his history here 
Yeah, he's played well. He's played twice. Top, two top 20s, I two believe. Two top 20s. I, it's just, at what point is it too much to handle? At what point does several wins in a row, and then you, you, you know, all this good stuff happens at once, and then you've got the when Masters, you've got a full crowd. At what point do you just have to take a deep breath, come up for air, and say, like, man, this is just too much. I, I don't know. He's, he's riding too hot for me. By comparison, every other player in the field has weirded me out. We have gone, I'm glad we talked about him like 14th or yeah, 13th. Yeah. We have talked about the weird things that every player has going on. I mean, honestly, yeah. In, in fairness, the only weird thing that I just cited is that he's just won a bunch. It's like That's the dumbest weird. evidence in the world. So That's my yeah. point. Spieth has something weird going on. Rory has something weird going on. Tiger, it's weird. <laughs> Everyone in the field has something weird that they are working through. Scotty Scheffler doesn't. His weirdness is, is the attention that he's getting now. That's an asset. I do expect him to contend. He is so calm, so cool, so collected that it would be weird for him to miss the cut. It, it, it might be weird for anyone It'd to miss the cut. It'd be weird for him to miss the cut, yes. But it would be weird for him to not make a bunch of birdies. That's his game that he's shown. I'm just a little weirded out that you don't believe in him. I don't believe in him. Two last guys, Sean. Uh, Sean, in the top six in the world right now, there's a weird thing going on. One combined major championship. Plus Colin Morikawa's two. Let me, <laughs> let, me, let me try that again. In the top six guys in the world, three major championships. Uh, the number five guy in the world is Patrick Cantlay. He was the hottest player in the world to finish last season. He has been very quiet since then. Uh, we, I mean, we've left him till kind of sort of. I think we've been loud list. about him on our podcast. Too loud, maybe too loud. But we talked about a lot of second place finishes, and we talked about like what it actually means. The 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 ultimate picture of a second place finish is that holy cow, this guy's close, or holy cow, he's not winning. It honestly felt like both for him. He lost to Scotty Scheffler in Phoenix. Yes. Right. If he beats Scotty Scheffler, makes a putt that he should have made, we're not talking about Scotty Scheffler right now. Scotty might not have a press conference this week if, if he doesn't win in Phoenix. That's a good point. No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't have one. And so, like, Cantley could be the ultimate foil and the ultimate, like, perfect winner of a weird, weird Masters where Tiger comes back and takes all the attention, where Rory's got his Grand Slam, where Phil Mickelson is absent, yeah. where Spieth is working through some weird stuff. So one of the things they say about the Masters is that you have to be in form coming in. Cantlay has finished T33, missed cut, T26 his last three mm, starts. Not which great. is fine if you're an average tour player, but not if you're the hottest player in the world like Cantlay was before that. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, look, he is the silent assassin, right? If there's anyone that it would make sense to come in on that trajectory, it would be Cantlay. He, at his peak putting, might be the best putter in the world. Patty Ice. Patty Ice. There are numerous green jacket owners who have careered it because of their putter for a week. Zach Johnson comes to mind. Yes. Trevor Immelman comes to mind. Hideki I don't Matsuyama. want to put him in that. The, I think he's a greater player than both of those guys. But there is a distinct history where a stupid hot putter carries you to a Masters. Finally... <laughs> 
Spieth, maybe, in 2015. Oh, my God, stop it. <laughs> Spieth is still a great putter. Finally, Sean, there is only one guy in the top 11 in the world who currently owns a green jacket. It's taking you a second to think of who this is. Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson. All right. He's back. He said he's happy that Tiger Woods is stealing the attention. I mean, he's, he's sort of one of the favorites, but like all these guys, we just have a big clump of sort of co-favorites. What I don't understand about DJ is what... Is anything. The, <laughs> what the match play means. Yeah. He played, I think, the best tournament that he's maybe played in six months, maybe longer than that, at the match play. So did Kevin Kisner. And it's not like we're talking about him. The match play is such a weird event where you can play amazing golf and lose. You can play amazing golf and win six and five. And so I felt like DJ was proving who he is right now that week, but it still added up to a fourth place finish and it lost to Corey Connors and getting his butt kicked by Scotty Scheffler. And so I don't quite know if he's there, but is he there? It's, it, he's as confusing as anybody in this event. I, I I guess that's the big picture takeaway here, right? Everyone's confusing. Like, we were just looking at Tiger Woods' odds when he was in peak form. For 14 years, Tiger was never higher than 4-1 to one to win the Masters. Right now, there's just a big clump of guys that, you know, Las Vegas basically says are 15 or 20 to 1. And they're Someone's the going to make a lot of money on those dudes. I'll tell you who You almost want to bet on all of them. They're... The people that are going to make a lot of money this week are the sports books, assuming Tiger Woods does not win. And the people that are going to lose a lot of money is the sports books if Tiger Woods were or, to win. Or people betting on Tiger. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not going to win. He's probably not going to win. That would be cool if he did. I would faint. You would faint. Uh, Sean, is there anyone that everyone is sleeping on that you are not? I think Corey Connors. I want to speak up for our friends from the north. The Canadian beat DJ, almost beat Kevin Kisner. Yes. Corey Connors, as much as his game is not sexy, it kind of actually is sexy I mean, for this depends, place. Depends what you're into, Sean. Yeah, I'm very into Con Corey Connors because he turns the ball from right to left. Yes. That is a good ball flight at this golf course. He is one of the best drivers on the PGA Tour. Hits the ball a long way, hits it pretty straight. He's a very, very good irons player. He's probably at his peak right now, right? He's, he's playing, playing better golf he, than he, he ever has. He is 100% playing the best golf of his life. He strokes gain positive in all four categories. There's a small crop of people who do that. That's a good thing for Corey Connors. He's, he's, like, he's a little bit like Victor Hovland no, with an a, actual short game. He's a Canadian Xander Shoffley, is who Corey Connors is. He's, but he's maybe That's a compliment for better ball striker. Not quite as good in other areas. He's at 60 to 1. That's a really appealing number. It's the kind of bet that if you place it right now, it's going to look better tomorrow, and it's going to look better on Friday, and then Sunday, you're going to be like, holy cow, I should bet on the other guys so I can hedge this. I need to hedge this. I think Corey Connors finishes in the top 10. He he's finished done, in he's the done top 10 before. last year. Last he's year done it here before, and I really, really like his opportunity. Um, there's a couple other guys, Sean. I mean, Max Homa, I just feel like if you're in the media and you say Max Homa is a sleeper, then you just kind of get written off. So I just want to breeze by that. He makes sense as a guy that will play well this week. But my guy is Luke List. Leads the tour from tee to green. He is That's nuts. not a good putter. 
He's only contended once. Has not shown that he's a good putter. The putting has really been. How can you lead the tour from tee to green and only contend one time? If you lose, like if you lose as many strokes on the green as Luke List is, and you go, that's and, what, what and when you do contend, you play off against another guy who sucks at putting. <laughs> That's so, how you look, Luke List, I mean, it's a home game for him. He lives a few miles away. He is 100 to 1. Uh, if you want someone that's going to get in the mix, just purely on the fact that he is going to hit the ball really well and hopefully, hopefully has some extra comfort on these greens, that's where Why you want to look for value. Would, though? <laughs> Why would he? I mean, I don't, there's some vague thing about maybe the greens that he puts look like these greens. I don't know. Georgia Greens. Do you like the look of Georgia Greens? I like where we played yesterday at Aiken Golf Club. If the if the tournament were being contended there, Kevin Kisner would have would, to would be win, among the favorites. And then maybe you would finish second. I will say I would finish better relative to the field than in probably any actual PGA Tour event. So maybe I would beat a couple guys. Is that it? I'm out of breath. That was a lot of guys that we kind of went through here. That's a lot of talking. I've finished my beer. Shout out to the people at Savannah River Brewing Company. Shout out to the good people here, especially the man in the stripes over there. Thanks for tuning in, folks. That's the drop zone. The, uh, get your bets in now. Get your bets in. I would say, Sean, the gear that we're debuting right now is available at radmoregolf.com, our first ever drop zone apparel. Uh, it's happening. Buy it now the before it sells out. And it will sell out soon. Um, overall, Sean, happy to be here. Yeah. We'll talk to you Sunday night. See you next week.